0: Are you ready for the Word? Do you have your notepad or your, you know, who has a notepad anymore? It's kind of, oh, come on. Sorry, really. I, I love a notepad. Yes, yeah, it's through notepads under the bus. No shame. I love writing with pen and paper. So if you're one of these digital device futuristic people, it's not really that futuristic, is it? But, but whatever you've got, I want, you to, I want you to lean into the Word today. Not because I am going to say something so amazing, although it'll be good, uh, but, but it's that God is going to speak to you. And it might be in between what I'm saying, that you hear something from God that's just for you. Amen? Amen. So let's, uh, let's get into this. We're still in our series, the last week of Know Jesus. And today we're talking about the cost. What is the cost? What is the price? We're going to talk about it today. Turn to Matthew 16, 21 to 28. And uh, who likes the NIV? Okay, okay. Who likes the NLT? Okay, a few people. Who likes the ESV? So good. Who likes the NKJV? Thank you, Jules. So to get the letters right. Who likes the the King James, the KJ? Oh, let's go. Thou art blessed. All right. How thou art. Asher, thou art blessed. Praise ye the Lord. Matthew 16, 21 to 28, it says this, from that time on, that was really bad grammar. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to His disciples, because He was good, He He would explain to His crew that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer. What? Suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Which you've got to understand, to the disciples, that made no sense because the teachers of the law were the guys who were running religion at that time. And so why would King Jesus suffer at the hands of those who were running religion? Because actually, tradition is not what God came to build. God came to build the church. And the church is the people. The church is the body. And so Jesus would suffer at the hands of the religious teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the chief priests, only because they couldn't embrace what was new. And it was God. It's true that we can get so stuck in tradition that we end up worshipping our tradition above the God that the tradition is about. So we're not here to worship the way we do things. We're here to worship the way, the truth, the life. His name is Jesus. He says that the Son of Man must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter, everyone know Peter, the disciple Peter? Peter hears this and he takes, how good is this? Peter took Jesus aside. <laughs> Jesus, shut up. What are you talking about? Come over here, Jesus. Uh, excuse me, Jesus. And it says he began to rebuke him. Like, like shouting, Jesus, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. He says, never, Lord. Never Lord. Never Lord. No Lord. Those two words are at odds in the same sentence. No Lord. If He's Lord, it's not really no. If He's Lord, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Wow. Wow, wow. Come on, everyone say wow, wow. Imagine being Peter. Please note that prior to being called Satan, Peter had just been gone from Simon to Peter. In the same instance of time, Peter had just found his identity in Christ and in the next conversation with Jesus, he's now Satan. Okay, it's a tough day for Peter. It's a confusing day for Peter. Get behind me. Man, there's so much in this. Get behind me. Get behind me. You are a stumbling block to me, Jesus said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Get behind me. Get behind me. You're blocking my view, you're trying to get in my picture. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame. Hebrews 12 verse 2. For the joy set before Him, Jesus had to put human concerns behind Him so He could cling to the joy that was set before Him. Woo! That's a whole nother message. Stumbling block to me. Get, get, get behind me, stumbling block. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. And then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Lord Jesus, speak to us. Lord, we're hungry for You. We thank You that You are here with us, that You love us, that You're for us. We want to know You, Jesus. We want to know You today. In Jesus' Name. they all say it one more time? It just means I agree. And so we agree. Who's playing the keys? Vange, love you. You're the best. Give it up for Vange. You may leave. You may leave. All right. So the the interesting thing in life is that uh, the prize and the price always go hand in hand. The prize comes with a price. And the price gets you a prize. The two coexist. You ever bought any clothing? Anybody? bought clothing before? Come on, talk to me. You're all wearing clothing, so... By clothing, the prize of new jeans comes with the price of purchase for those new jeans. Uh, The prize of winning football matches on a Saturday comes with the price of practicing on a Wednesday. The prize of salvation came with the price of Jesus dying on a cross. The gift of salvation is free, but it's not cheap. It didn't cost you, but it did cost God everything. It cost Him everything. It cost Him His only begotten Son. I mean, it's a free gift and you're welcome, but it's not cheap. For every prize there's a price. The prize of a baby, come on you babies, is, is, comes with the price of parenting, the prize of peace, comes through the price of prayer. The price of meaning comes through the price of becoming a means to an end. For every prize, there is a price and we don't want the price to be hidden. We wanna know the price. We wanna know the price. We're not trying to trick you around here. And if I was here to tell you that Christianity, there's no price, I'd be lying. There is a price, there is a price. And the price is not one of these hidden subscription fees. You know what I'm talking about? You know those monthly hidden subscription fees that kind of say the word, that are hidden in your bank account and you don't even know about them, but they're coming in monthly, coming out monthly. It's not a, we don't want the price to be hidden. The price was great. And the price was the cross. That is the price. The greatest price that was ever paid for our salvation was what Jesus did on the cross, And so the prize and the price are married together. Everything of great worth costs something. Matthew 13, 44, say it again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He bought it because of the joy. Now, when you buy a new item of clothing, right? When you buy a new item of clothing, you don't walk around looking at the price tag. You walk around looking at the garment. The focus is not the price. The focus is the price. So we don't live sitting in the price. We live celebrating in the price. Come on, wake up 9am, let's go. We We are alive to the prize that is Jesus Christ. And if you are dead to the prize, your Christianity will be dead boring. Jesus is alive. Jesus is risen. Jesus is the best. Jesus brings joy and eternal life to every soul. So don't sit around wallowing in the prize. Celebrate the prize. Celebrate the prize. And when you see how good the prize is, you will pay the price every day. Man, when you, when you discover peace that surpasses all understanding, you'll pray every day. Man, when you spend time with Jesus, your life will come alive. The prize, listen to me, the prize is Jesus. What is the prize of Christianity? The prize of Christianity is Jesus. The best thing about God is God. The best thing about God is not what you can do for God. The best thing about God is Him. The best thing is not building the church. It's a great thing, but the best thing about the church is Jesus. The church isn't about the church. The church is about Jesus. We're not here to point you to the church. We're here to point you to Jesus. The mission of the church is to point you to the head. Because the church is the body and a body without a head is dead. It's dead. It's dead. And there's a lot of dead churches out there because they've lost connection to the head. The head is Jesus. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Prince of Peace. He's everything we worship. He's everything we build. He's everything we are for. The prize is Jesus. So it's not about the strength of your faith. It's about the object of your faith that makes your faith strong. Okay, it's not about your faith. It's about the one whom your faith is in. It's not about you being this strong Christian. It's about getting your strength in Christ. Because in my weakness, He is strong. Put away your strength. You know what? If you're strong, just put it to the side today because God's not looking for a platform called your strength. He's looking for a platform called your weakness. Come on, who's weak? And, 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 and everybody who didn't put their hand up, you are too. God bless you. We are all weak. We are weak vessels. Called by grace and filled with Christ, we become strong. So our strength is not in our faith. Our strength is in the object of our faith. Jesus is the object of our faith. One time Peter was walking on water with Jesus. Jesus said, hey, Peter, come on, you can walk on the water. Peter, so he steps out of the boat. Same guy who was just called Satan a minute ago. He steps out of the boat. He starts walking on the water. And he didn't walk on the water. He walked on, walked on the word. When Jesus said, come, he obeyed. And he steps out of the boat and he's walking on the water and he's there. And then he looks at the wind and the waves and he begins to drown, to sink. And Jesus says, oh, Peter, you of little faith. Spat on the front row. Thank God we have three metres distance. You have little faith, little faith. And I was like, hang on, God, let's just just rewind, stop there for a second. Uh, Like, it's big faith if you ask me to hop out of a boat and walk on water. That's pretty big. Jesus is like, you have little faith. And I believe Jesus wasn't talking about the strength of his faith. He was talking about the duration. Little duration. And it tells us that when Peter took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. So the strength of his faith was not his faith, it was that his focus. Was on Jesus. And when his focus was on Jesus. His faith was strong. When your eyes are on Christ. You can walk on water. When your eyes are on Christ. You can navigate that relational breakdown. When your eyes are on Christ. You can handle what's happening in your work. When your eyes are on Christ. You can deal with the financial struggles. When, you're, when your eyes are on Christ. You can pray for the sick. And see them recover. When your eyes are on Christ. You can build it. And start and lead a connect group. When your eyes are on Christ. You can build a congregation in the centre of Sydney that's going to change the centre of Sydney for Jesus when your eyes are on Christ you can do the impossible come on so so it's not about my faith it's about the one whom my faith is in Woo. thank you Jesus that it's not about my faith because my faith wavers anybody else? Monday it's good Tuesday I'm, I'm at a loss Wednesday I'm good again Thursday I don't know But if I will wake up every morning and fix my eyes on Jesus, the prize of Christianity, the prize of my life is Jesus. And when you fix your eyes on Him, the joy of your salvation is renewed. When you think about Jesus, I mean, all throughout Scripture, people who spent time with Jesus found meaning, found purpose, found life, found healing, found hope. They found freedom. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3 verse 8. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them garbage. (laughs) What the world values, when you put Jesus first, it's garbage. It's rubbish. Mm. Like followers on Instagram. I mean, it's fine, but it's rubbish. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's good, but it's really not that good. I mean, it's great to have a social platform, but really it's not that important. But use it, use it, but it's not that important. You know what I'm saying? Like money, it's rubbish. Mm. You need it, use it. But really, your life's not your money. You're not defined by your money. Your bank account does not determine the size of the person that you are. My identity, my value, and my Christian existence is defined by one man, Jesus. He's who I follow and He's who I let lead my life. The best thing about God is God, and in Christ Jesus, you have everything you need. Ephesians one verse three says, "Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every, 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 yeah. every right. spiritual blessing, every hang on, every, some, every mm. guys guys, guys, are you hearing this? Are you reading this? Are we looking at the same Bible? Uh, Because I thought you would be way more excited about the fact that that scripture says every, every. Okay, the God who made the galaxies, the God who created the world. He has everything. There is nothing. Come on, there is nothing He doesn't have. Oh my gosh. I don't think you get it yet. He has Everything. He has everything, everything, everything. And in Jesus, we have every spiritual blessing that he has to give. Righteousness righteousness is not behavioural, it is positional. So I'm not right before God because of my behaviour, I'm right before God because of my position. When I put my faith in Christ, I position my life in Him. And in Him, I have every spiritual blessing. In Him, I am complete. I am alive. I am blessed. In Him, I've got it all. I don't lack a thing. In Him, I can handle every challenge. I can handle the haters and I can handle the lovers. I can handle them all. Because I'm in Him. And in Him, I have... Not waiting on it. Every spiritual blessing has been given. Has past tense. Any English teachers in here? Past tense. It's not on its way. Listen to me. Listen to me. Peace is not on its way. Freedom is not on its way. Revival is not on its way. Revival is in Him. Freedom is in Him. Joy is in Him. Peace, patience, kindness, love, gentleness, self-control. It's in Him and by His Spirit, it is in us. (laughs) He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So if the, if the prize is Jesus, the price is surrender. Peter says to Jesus, he pulls him aside. You know the story I was telling you in Matthew 16, he pulls Jesus aside. He says, Jesus, you're talking crazy. You can't say stuff like that. You're not gonna die. You're the Messiah. You can't die. That would ruin everything. And Jesus says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block. Listen to this. Peter was called rock and then called stumbling block. He went from rock to stumbling block. Why? Because in one instance, he was surrendered, he was humble, and in the other, he was proud. And humility in the hands of God will get used by God for God. Pride gets in the hands of the enemy will be used by the enemy for the enemy. Here is Satan manipulating Peter to be a blockage for Jesus. And so Jesus had to tell the very one who He just said, there's great purpose and life and promise for you when you were in a place of humility. But as soon as you step into a place of pride, you're working for the other guy. And isn't it amazing that the same person could be useful for both God and the enemy? The only difference was humility. Humility. The prize is Jesus. The price is surrender to humble ourselves before Him. Will you humble yourself before God today? That's the price. Surrender. Will you lay down your life? Because Jesus said it like this, if you lay down your life, you'll find it. Your life in your hands will come to ruin. Your life in God's hand will come to glory. Put your life in the hands of God. Will you lay your life down today? Because I know so many people that are holding so tightly to their life and they are strangling the breath. They are are coming to ruin because of how tight they have gripped their life, their agenda, their goals, their things, what they want. But do you know the way to freedom is to just let go? The way to get free of something is to let go of it. If you are holding on, you are captive to that thing. Let go of your life and you'll find your life. Let go of your agenda and you'll find God's agenda, which is way better than your agenda and has way more promise than your agenda and has way more purpose than your agenda. What is it today that you need to surrender